This is Wicket's World with Mike Wicket on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Top of the morning to you. Happy St. Patrick's Day here on a Friday. NCAA tournaments. What a time to be alive. And if you're watching on the Facebook page, nope, not wearing a speck of green. This is where my life is at. We got a heck of a show coming your way. We're going to talk a lot about Aaron Rodgers. Got a very special guest coming out of the gate. Plus, we're going to go uh, live to Albany, where Drake is getting ready for the U. Of course, you can hear the Drake men's team play against Miami in a 12-5 matchup. That is coming your way, 625 tip tonight. But this is where I've added my life, Kira. I was driving to work this morning. Now, I do the morning show on Laser. That's my real job. About 4.30 this morning, I'm driving to work. And I realized, because of listening to this station, Hmm. they mentioned it's St. Patrick's Day. I forgot. What? I used to love St. Patrick's Day. I was really good at St. Patrick's Day. My wife would probably differ with me on that. But I I was really good at St. Patrick's Day, especially when it fell on a day of the NCAA tournament. When you have three kids, <laughs> the whole day changes. More on that later. Uh, been a very busy week for Green Bay Packers fans. For the football world, we were all held hostage once again by Aaron Rodgers. And uh, half a million people tuned in to the Pat McAfee show to hear Aaron Rodgers have his airing of grievances once again. And now we wait on the offer from the Jets to see if it'll actually happen. Joining me right now from PackerReport.com and about 19 other sites, Jacob Morley is with us. Jacob, appreciate the time. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good, man. It's been a long week. Yes. And uh, we have kind of been through it. It's been an interesting week, but uh, all things considered, I am doing well. For those that don't know, Jacob Morley, who is one of the preeminent uh, Packers NFL draft gurus out there, and I'll let you pimp your draft guide coming up here. He is the reason why, Pat, you are the reason why, Jacob, I own a Christian Watson jersey. Because when I chatted with you for my other podcast last year, I fell in love. I watched him play. I ordered the jersey, and I have it at home. It is crisp white with the nice, the nine looks good, even on a, you know, a skinny dude like me. You know, it, it actually works. So thank you for that. Hey, you're welcome. And uh, that's, that's uh, it was a fun season watching him do you know do what he did in Green Bay and um, I don't get to toot my horn own horn that often you know <laughs> with guys that uh, I like a lot and then they actually end up on the team I cover and and they do well so uh, that's been a lot of fun to watch him super happy for Christian super uh, super happy to see what he's you know going to be able to do this next year before we get too much into this. Uh, you know what my favorite thing about Jordan Love is, Mike? What's that? He likes to throw the ball to Christian Watson. <laughs> that game, that, that game against Philadelphia, he was targeting number nine early and often. So I think uh, I think Jordan Love is going to know where his bread gets buttered next year, and and it should be a, a big a big year for young Christian Watson. You know, one more on on uh, Christian Watson before we talk about the quarterback. Obviously, people want to hear about the quarterback, but you know today. And I'm going to talk about this later, but Alan Lazard was saying that the Packers really didn't want him. And I'm sure you've read all the comments and he signed a 40 and good for him. 44 million, a couple of years with the Jets and he gets to play with Rodgers, a guy who has been glowing about Lazard for a while. But Alan Lazard's strength 
was his blocking ability. It wasn't his pass catching ability. That it wasn't he wasn't a burner, but he was a big dude who could block. One of the reasons I think you and I both love Watson is because he came out of North Dakota State where they ran a very run heavy offense. Was this sort of the plan, do you think? Draft Watson because he's going to be that blocking replacement for Lazard? Uh, yes and no. I mean, Watson is so is, is just so much more dynamic as a pass catcher that I think Lazard kind of gets pigeonholed into that because he can't do some of the things that Watson can do on the outside and in the slot and and you know the things that really strike fear into a defense's heart. And I and, and that's the thing is like Lazard is a, a really good football player, you know, first and foremost. And uh, I don't know if they have that in mind for for Watson to be kind of that guy doing the dirty work. He can, he absolutely can, and he will at times, but um, I think we'll see him used in a very different uh, capacity. And, and there are guys, you know, in this year's draft class that I think that they can sign and are draft, you know, on day two, day three, that could come in and do a lot of the blocking stuff that Lazard did. Um, so I think Lazard said it best. You know, he said he felt like the Packers weren't going to miss him that much. And I think for the, for the most part, I think he's right. And him going to the Jets is a great signing for them. And that's okay. Like, it's it's okay if it's like, okay, fine. They didn't want me. I didn't really want to be there. We all kind of knew this was coming. Like, one of the things I'm going to do later in the show today is, why are we so upset about Alan Lazard? Yeah. And and I'm team go get your money. Always. Yes. Always go get your money. And Lazard did that. Good for him. And And the Jets and the Packers are in different spots right now. You know, the Jets, you know, presumably are going to get Aaron Rodgers and and they're going to win right now. And if the Packers would have kept Aaron Rodgers and if they would have said, hey, we're going to run it back again, again, or whatever the thing was, I would have been all for bringing Lazard back on a team like that because he's a good player and you're, and you're a better team with Alan Lazard on it. But in a lot of ways, and people aren't going to really want to hear this, I think 2023 is very much an evaluation year for the Packers. Um Pretty much anything, you know, if they win 10, 12 games, that's, that's gravy, man. That really is. like. And the Packers, LaFleur's not thinking that way. Goody's not thinking that way. But that's just kind of how it is. You know, you get this young quarterback that we're excited about, but we don't really know. And the, the range of outcomes for this 2023 season is fascinating because they really could win six games. They could win 12 games. I don't know. Yeah, it it all depends on 10. It all depends on him. Uh, Talking to Jacob Morley. Read his work at PackerReport.com. Follow him on Twitter at Jacob Morley. Let's get to 12 uh, because we are in the final days, maybe, of uh, Aaron Rodgers being a Green Bay Packer. Presumably, we'll never see him throw another pass as a Green Bay Packer. Overall thoughts, what he said on the McAfee show about being 90%, and then he read some text messages and changed his mind, and... It just seemed like this was his, to me, and I'll, I'll take your opinion on it, obviously. It felt like Pat McAfee's show was kind of like his sounding board. No one was going to push back on him, and he almost tried to paint himself as a victim in all of this. Yeah, he did, and I think we all knew that was going to happen. And I think who ultimately knew that that was going to happen was Gutenkun. And I think, you know, you want to talk about this guy, and um, I tweeted it yesterday, you just, he's been painted as kind of a buffoon because of Aaron Rodgers the last three years. And I don't think that's fair to him. I mean, this is a guy that has built, you know, two out of three, whatever, three out of the four years he's been there. He's built championship caliber teams from a team that 
was picking 12th overall. So he's done a good job with putting talent around Aaron Rodgers. You know, and there there will be critics about that as well. But I think, man, Rodgers said he was 90% retired. And he's going to come out of the darkness and now be upset because the Packers were shopping him around. I think I think Goody's doing this on purpose. I do too. I, think he, I said the same he, he, thing. <laughs> like he knew exactly. He knows exactly what he's doing. He said, "Okay, well, if he wants to retire, that's fine. We want to go with love. You know, we're fine with that. But if we want to get something out of this guy, let's dangle this out there because we know he's going to want to set the record straight. He's going to want to get his story out there. He wants to control his own narrative. All this stuff that Rogers has said." And the guy can't even help himself. I mean, he, what he did on the Pat McAfee show talking about, I want to play for the Jets, I can only imagine what Brian and the rest of the front office in Green Bay was doing when he said that. They had to have been throwing a party. <laughs> because any bit of leverage that the Jets had is gone. It's out the window. And don't let people talk to you about, well, oh, you know, Rodgers could come back and he could make it really messy. Okay, <laughs> like that. If that's it, that's 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 your leverage. You know. I, okay, what do you do then, New York? What what is your plan then? You're gonna go out with Zach Wilson. Everyone's gonna get fired. Okay. Yeah, I mean, every, like, we'll, every, we'll wait. Seemingly, anybody else that actually, because everyone believes that with that defense, and we know how good that defense is. They dominated Green Bay at Lambeau last year, mm-hmm. but with that defense. With the offensive weapons, Brees Hall comes back healthy, Garrett Wilson. I could list names. We can all list names. That's not good sports radio. But they're supposed to be a quarterback away. And that quarterback is not Zach Wilson. That quarterback, no longer Mike White, not an option. He's gone. Jimmy G gone. Derek Carr gone. Unless they're just going to give a quarter billion to Lamar. But nobody's going to do that. I agree with you. Anybody who thinks that the Jets have the majority of the leverage in this is nuts because to me it's like Green Bay is like just you know you you want a, you want a quarterback or do you want Joe Flacco like what do you want to do yeah and that's and and they do have some leverage you know like it's it, New York does have some leverage and it's what I just laid out is they know that Green Bay wants to go with love and mm-hmm. they know that yeah I don't want Aaron Rodgers coming back at camp and being like all right well I'm competing for the starting job like that is a circus that. They don't want. Oh, but but, but, but wouldn't is. that be fun to cover? Oh God, yeah. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> uh, and well, and that's the other thing too is like it, it wouldn't come to that. No. It, if it came to that, it would be like it would finally be that. And that's the Jets' play is okay. You want to do that? Do that. But then you got to wait till August to get your quarterback because that's probably about when the Packers will finally be like, okay, enough is enough. We got to get this guy out of here. And then what do you do? I mean, then he comes in not knowing any of those guys. I mean, he did it the last several years in Green Bay where he didn't come to anything in the offseason. Yeah. But, but that was coming back to a team that he was familiar with, at least, which I, w- I still wouldn't advise, right? I still wish he was there in the offseason. But you really can't do that with a Jets team that none of these guys know you. You don't know any of them. They're just going to trade you, you know, in late August, and you're going to get up to speed. And maybe they maybe he can because it's Hackett, but uh, – I mean, that is a gamble by the Jets, and I just don't think it's going to come to that. And Goody's playing hardball right now, and I love it. I mean, what 
look at the demands, and I don't care what Rogers said. He can suggest or he can call it demands. It's how it's all, you know, interpreted by the people reading the list of players. But maybe, just maybe, he's got Hackett in place. Now Lazard signed. We know he wants Cobby there. I don't know if Big Dog's actually Mercedes Lewis is actually going to become a New York Jet. But what if Rogers is like, you guys go tell the guys the hand signals. You know the hand signals. You know all my checks. I'll see you in August. I'm gonna go back to Peru. Like not, none of that would nothing surprises me with Rogers, and I love the guy, but nothing would surprise me at all in this drama. And, and I, you just hit the nail on the head for I think the majority of Packers fans. We love him. I, Aaron Rodgers has been a joy to watch and a joy to cover. But like that, all that, I'm just I think everyone's ready to move on from that. Right? And I was just talking to a couple people about this. Like it's gonna be such a fresh air. Uh, such a breath of fresh air to have a young quarterback that is going to be there in the off season. I, I bet Jordan Love goes out of his way to to bring guys in and to try to get on the same page with them. And 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 Rodgers isn't wrong necessarily for not wanting to do that later in his career. Um, I don't think he's right either. But just the the desire to want to get better is something that I think Rodgers. On the outside, at least, it's looked like that has not been as important to him as it was earlier in his career. Um, it's more been about you know his desire to get better as a human, which is cool, you know, like all that stuff. But like his desire to get better as a football player, I just I don't know. And you know, I could be wrong about that. I don't know what goes on, you know, in his offseason, what he does. But the stuff that is seen. It's not a lot. You know, he's not there in the summer. He's not there in OTAs. And that's the kind of stuff that is contagious to teams. And just the desire to win and the desire to be great is something I think Jordan Love is going to It's going to be an infusion in this young team. It's going to be an infusion in this coaching staff that can kind of finally be like, all right, let's go. This is our offense. We're going to run it the way we want to run it. If we're wrong, we're fired. Anyways, which is, which, hey, newsflash, that's the life of an NFL coach regardless. That's the life of an NFL GM regardless. If it doesn't work, if whatever you're doing doesn't work, you get fired. And so the Packers here are really just putting their cards on the table. Uh, Goody and LaFleur, all those guys, and saying, we believe in us, we believe in Jordan Love, and we believe in this team, and we're going to put it all in and go for it. And I love that. And I think that's going to so excited this 2023 team. It could blow up in their face. <laughs> we could be sitting here next year, Mike, saying, holy cow, they won three games. What a terrible plan. How could have they ever believed in Jordan Love? He was terrible. It could happen. Yeah, good. You never know. You never know, but they're at least – Showing conviction, which is, I think, something the last three years they haven't really been able to do because of how well Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers has played. And so, you know, just for that in itself, I think it is exciting. Yeah, I think it's like what Rex Ryan called being halfway pregnant. You can't do that. You just you, you have to either be all the way in with this, and that, that limbo thing may not have been the best way to go about it. Uh, Jacob Morley, PackerReport.com, on Twitter, at Jacob Morley. Jacob, tell people how they can find your draft guide if Packers fans here in the Des Moines area want to learn more about next month's draft. 
Yeah, so it is. Uh, it's the Green Bay Draft Guide. It's you know 225 write-ups, uh, rankings, every position, and it is specific to the Green Bay Packers. And one of my favorite things that goes on in this draft guide is I have an article called Packers People, and it's just a top 300 list of guys that have you know historically hit thresholds that the Packers prefer. And last year. If you go through my Twitter timeline, you can see all the picks that they had. There's a lot of green in there. Green means they hit the thresholds. Uh, Christian Watson hit every single threshold for the Packers. And lo and behold, they took him, right? So um, it, it's fun. It's a, good, it's a good thing to have in your toolbox. You know, if you're a fan watching uh, just, you know, casually over the weekend, I, I would print that thing off, that feature article, um, and then just have the guide ready to roll because you're going to get immediate feedback on the picks and what we thought pre-draft of these guys and how they would fit. And uh, it's, it's good, man. It's, it is a good tool to have. It's a good book. And uh, I would really suggest people getting it. It is eight ninety nine, So, you know, cup of coffee, uh, you can pre-order it now. I think it goes up to like 10 bucks in a couple weeks here. So, you know, save yourself a couple bucks. If you want to pick that up, you can go over to my Twitter timeline, um, at Jacob Morley, I tweet about it every couple days, but it's also my pinned tweet. So go out there, grab you one of them. You won't regret it. Jacob, thanks for the time, my friend. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Try to stay sober. All right, Mike. Have a good one, buddy. <laughs> Jacob Morley joining us. PackerReport.com here on ESPN Des Moines. And he's right. Uh, that guy, if, if you're a draft nerd, and I used to be a real big draft nerd, but if you're a draft nerd, that is the, uh, the, the, the guide for you. Again, Jacob Morley, M-O-R-L-E-Y. If you want to follow Jacob on Twitter, grab that guide. Coming up, we're going to go to Albany and uh, get a preview on Drake and Miami. We got a fill-in play-by-play man. You know why? Michael Admire is about to become a dad. So Rick Silvestrini is going to join us from Albany. Coming up next. Wicket needs a timeout. He'll be back soon. You're listening to 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. One hundred two one FM and thirteen fifty ESPN Des Moines. I'm Mike Wicket. This is Wicket's World. Coming up tonight, you'll be able to hear the Drake Bulldogs and the Miami Hurricanes. It's the NCAA tournament from Albany. Joining us right now, a guy filling in on the call. Michael Admire is off. Rick Silvestrini is with us. Rick, you got the call because Admire might become a dad soon. So how does how does that even work? Are you just sitting there with a pager? You're like a doctor. <laughs> well, actually, a few weeks ago. Uh, I was told of this situation, and I was asked, hey, if, if, if Michael and his wife have their child, could you fill in? And I said, well, it, it all depends what week, because I have a lot of duties with our Iowa High School Sports Network. We just got done with the Boys State Basketball Tournament, wrestling. So nothing happened through all that. Then I get a, I get a text last week and said, well, how about for the NCAA tournament? Because it looks like this is going to be the week they have their child. And I said, well, I am free. Got to clear it with my boss. And, of course, the boss at home, my, uh, my wife. And, uh, and we did clear it and uh, in all good. And I met with Michael last week, and, and the family's doing fine. And so it was just lucky that I was free and uh, the stars aligned. And here I am in uh, Albany. About an hour ago, I got a text from Michael. Mama's still pregnant. So we're, okay. we're, all, we're, we're all on baby admire watch around we here. We are in on Des watch today. <laughs> How hard is that from a play-by-play perspective to be able to prep and get ready for such a big game, the biggest game of the year uh, for the Drake Bulldogs? Well, I mean, for me, the good news is I've done a lot of play-by-play in my in my mm-hmm. lifetime, and um, 
Uh, but when you're doing two teams you haven't done, uh, not that I haven't watched Drake, I've watched them this year. I've, I've been over to the Nap Center, so I'm very familiar. But yeah, you've got to get into a different mode and and do uh, you know do quite a bit of research. And thankfully, you know Drake has a great staff here that that helps you out with anything you need. And of course, Michael helps me out too. I, I met with him last week. We we went over some things and. Um, but you know, a few years ago, I used to do the Drake women's basketball games. I, I was there play by play person for four years. And, and my, my old boss, Derek kid at me said, well, you don't have to worry. Cause it's the same format that you use. <laughs> <laughs> so it should be a pretty easy, uh, uh, you know, pretty easy fill. So yeah, I mean, there, there is more prep, but you know, since I've done these games, I've worked with this equipment before and, and, and I've worked with this format before. It's not, it's not as hard now if they would have gotten someone, you know, let's say that hadn't done any of this before, that that would be a challenge, I, I think, to try to get ready for, for a game like this. Talking to Rick Silvestrini, he'll be on the call today for the Drake men, take it on Miami, the U, 625 for the tip. Uh, you'll have the coverage right before 6 o'clock right here on ESPN Des Moines. What have the last couple of days been like for the Bulldogs? When they when did they get to Albany? What have the shoot-arounds been like? What's the mood sure. of this team? Yeah, we left on uh, Wednesday um, on, a, on a charter. And got here with the time change, maybe mid-afternoon, and got off to the hotel. And they went right to practice after that. They had a quick practice over at um, Siena. And then uh, yesterday, kind of the same routine. You know, it's just watch film and practice. We went to uh, Albany and practiced at uh, at their college. And then they had a quick turnaround. They had to run over to the MVP arena because each team got 45 minutes. You know, they call it a practice. It's really more of a glorified shoot around where the fans can go down just like they're doing, just like they did in, in um, at Wells, Far- Wells Fargo Arena earlier this week, where the fans can come down and watch all the teams. So they did that yesterday. They looked really comfortable. Uh, some of the guys, of course, had to do the official media press conference and, and Darren DeVries as well. But, I, you know, to me, they seem, they seem pretty loose. They seem pretty comfortable. They're not, they're not overwhelmed by the, by the moment. Some of these guys played in the tournament two years ago. Of course, that was COVID. That was a whole different type of atmosphere. Now you've got all the fans here. And um, matter of fact, uh, someone just said to me earlier today at lunch, uh, woman I met at lunch, she said, man, there's a lot of Drake fans here. That's a long way to go, isn't it? I said, yeah, it is a long way to go. But yeah, there are several hundred Drake fans here. I think we'll have a good showing tonight. What's Roman Penn been like? Because I know this is a very special first opportunity to play in the NCAA tournament for Roman. Well, and not only that, he's playing in an arena he used to play in uh, because Siena their home court is the MVP arena. So he's familiar with this town. He's familiar with this arena. Uh, one of the reporters asked uh, coach DeVries yesterday, you know, do you think it's going to help that, you know, Roman has played in the MVP arena and he just deadpan and said, well, it can't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, know, he knows the arena. And so, you know, he, you could tell he's really, really excited. Uh, not just for this opportunity, but, you know, to come back to a place you used to play in, in a city you're very, very uh, familiar with and, and you know, I think he's locked in, and he, he's super excited. He said that yesterday at the at the uh, at the press conference, and uh, I, I think we're going to see a, a real good uh, performance out of Roman. Darren Devries has been in the NCAA tournament before with this with this university. Is he calm, cool, and collected, or can you just see the excitement building in him too? He's always the same. He is calm, cool, and collected. <laughs> and if someone asked him yesterday, I, I thought it was ironic. Uh, they kind of compared, um, you know. This is only his second tournament as a head coach, but you got to remember he went to the NCAA tournament many times with Creighton as an assistant coach. 
So he is used to the NCAA tournament, how it's run, how these practices go, the, the quick turnarounds and all that. So he's very familiar with that. So, you know, to say it's only his second, that's, that's not quite correct. Yes, it's his second calling all the shots, but he's real familiar with this. And, yes, he is very calm, cool, and collected. He's the same every day. You know, I've never seen a coach quite like Darren. You know, he's the first one unloading the luggage off the bus. You know, he's putting the chairs away after practice, telling the players, hey, put everything back like you found it. I mean, it's that Midwestern value. You'd never know he's the head coach. You might think the guy's the manager, honestly, <laughs> if you didn't know who he was. Um, and, and that's just the kind of guy he is. But I think he's, he's very ready to go. Um, I think today or yesterday, I should say, was more about getting familiar with the arena, having a shooter on. I know the game plan's already in. So it, it wasn't I, a very intense practice yesterday and i think that was purposely done uh, just to get the, the guys relaxed and ready to go rick silvestrini joining us here on wickets world on espn des moines he'll have the call of the uh, drake miami game later on tonight Six twenty-five for the tip uh pregame shortly before six right here on 1021 fm and thirteen fifty espn des moines I'll, I'll tell you what though if i was the coach of the team and i had my kid my kid's three my son is three <laughs> But if Mike, I'm not the one carrying the bags. My son's the one. How's his relationship with Tucker from your eyes in Albany? <laughs> well, there, you know, it, it's a great situation. It's a dream come true, I think, for both. But you know, they they both admit, um, you know, there's ups and downs. I mean, with there's ups and downs with with dad and son, right? And that's going to happen. Now it's coach and player. And uh, Tucker was asked that at the press conference, and he kind of laughed and said, "It just depends what day, <laughs> you know." But they would not miss. I this can for relate the world. to that, Rick. My three-year-old yeah. son. It, just, it depends <laughs> on the next ten minutes when they're three. <laughs> That's right, and it does. But you know, I thought Coach DeVries made a uh, made a great uh, point yesterday when he said, "You know, as a, I've been coaching my whole life, I've missed a lot of my kids' events over the years. You know, tournaments that I couldn't go see Tucker play or his daughter and." He goes, this is kind of getting some of that back. You know, now uh, here he is with me, you know, 24-7 the last two years. And for him, it, this is getting some time back with his son that, that he missed a little earlier, um, you know, in his, in his college coaching career. And, and you can tell they both, they both love it. They, they may have a few bad days in there, but this is a special thing. Hey, Rick, uh, before we get to something that happened in Des Moines, I want to ask you about uh, that, that I was happy to run into yesterday. What do you know about the U? What do we know about this five seed? And of course, we didn't have a five twelve update or upset yesterday. So, right. are we ripe for one here with the Bulldogs and well, the Canes? I'm I'm hoping so. Uh, talking to Paul Dorfeld, my person doing color with me, I've known Paul a long time. You know, Paul he likes this matchup. He thinks this is this is a really good matchup for Drake. And here's the thing with Miami, they're very good. Um, they've got the ACC player of the year, Isaiah Wong. He can shoot from anywhere. He's a dynamic player, but their big guy, Nortrud Omir, he's been hurt. He got hurt in the ACC tournament against Duke. And I don't believe he was even at that shoot around yesterday and he got treatment all day. There's a question whether he's going to play. And this is a six, seven big guy that leads the team in rebounding and shooting percentage. Uh, he is a force and he may not play tonight. That is going to be big. And, and yes, there, there's no doubt Drake could, Drake could pull this off. I didn't watch a lot of Miami basketball this year. I remember watching them in the tournament last year, and they play one ugly brand of basketball. It, it, it <laughs> I, I mean, I'm no expert, but, man, I, I remember sitting at a bar watching them play. I think it was the second weekend last year, just thinking, 
God, this is how did they even get to this point? Yeah, but they're a five seed for a reason. And if they have the conference player of the year, you know, they're going to be dangerous. I want to get you out of here with this, Rick. Yesterday at Wells Fargo Arena, I know you've been here. You've been here for the NCAA tournament. Uh, Brian Anderson, who's the play by play on uh, TBS, is a friend of mine. And I got lucky. My spot for, for my radio row seat was right behind him. And I was texting him and I wanted to get him on the show today, but he's on voice rest. But he, I want to read this to you and get your reaction. Des Moines is a great host. I was so impressed with the crowds all day. Not many sites better than that that I've experienced. People are great, too. Thank goodness for the Skywalk system. I, I know you're not here in Des Moines, but I, I, I am shocked how full our gym was yesterday, day one of the tournament. Yeah, that's that's just terrific. Um, I was working the Boys State tournament the week, and, of course, they were prepping real heavy for the NCAAs. It's a quick turnaround uh, for that staff. And I know many of the people who work down there and they do a tremendous job. And then, then you got to just hand it out to the city of Des Moines and how they, and how they put this uh, tournament on. This is why they get the bid is you do it right. You, you attract fans here. It's an easy city to get to. It's easy to get around. You know, Albany's a little different. It's a little tighter here. <laughs> I was talking to the bus driver who's been around forever. And he said, I've never seen anything like this. Um, that's how crazy uh, these things can get. And, you know, it's funny that you say, you mentioned Brian Anderson because um, uh, I, I'm a big Brewers fan. And of course he's, he's been calling games for years. So I guess I'll be together with you, get his number because I was hoping he'd be here so I could get to meet him, but he does a great, uh, he does a great job, not just with basketball, but with any sport that, that, that he is assigned to. Rick, you're a Brewers fan. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. I am for many years. We already got tickets for going uh, Memorial day weekend. Um, yes. Yeah, Rick, been, Rick been, we, you and I could just do a podcast about being Brewers fans in Des Moines. <laughs> oh, my God. Maybe we got to get ESPN Des Moines to become a Brewers affiliate because I spent 10 years oh, in Milwaukee it. going to Miller Park, whatever it's called oh, now. It's always Miller Park like it's the Sears Tower. Uh, yeah. And and B.A. <laughs> and I became friends because, obviously, he's the voice of the Brewers. And now he's a national treasure, not just a, a Milwaukee treasure. He's doing every big game. Yeah, and he does a great job. I, I was My daughter lives in Janesville, which, you know, isn't yeah. very far from Yeah. Um, I'm a walkie and I was texting her yesterday when I was at practice and I, and I, we talked back and forth and I said, God, I wish, I wish BA was here. So I would love to meet him and talk a little brewers or something with them. And, and we have great announcers here. Don't, don't, don't uh, get me wrong. They're all great. But I was hoping he'd be in this in, in this region so I could actually meet him. So I'll have to do that. Maybe maybe Memorial Day weekend you can hook me up. <laughs> and, and by the way, to the Chicago Cubs fans, I mean, in no disrespect, we are your home for Chicago Cubs baseball, 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines, all season long with Pat and Ron. Go Cubs, go. God, that feels awful to say. Rick, appreciate the time so much. Uh, <laughs> good, uh, good, good luck with the call. I hope you get two of them from Albany, and we'll Absolutely. be listening tonight. Okay, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Rick Silvestrini joining us uh, from Albany. Again, 550 for the pregame, 625 for Drake and Miami. We did not have a 512 upset yesterday. So, you know, there's been one like 11 out of 16 years or something. You maybe, just maybe, for the record, I don't know how your bracket is doing. Kira, did you fill out a bracket this year? No bracket for you? All right. I got Drake in the Sweet 16. Maybe it's a homer pick. Who knows? All right, coming up, um, I'm going to stick with some basketball because, well, I made maybe my national television debut yesterday, and it wasn't exactly the national television debut I was hoping to make. I'll explain next. 
Like ESPN Des Moines on Facebook and watch Wicket's World live in real time. This is 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. song has the same beat. I Listen, my middle name is Patrick. I am very Irish. That's not even a joke. My middle name actually is Patrick. Uh, welcome in, by the way. 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. My name is Mike Wickett. This is Wickett's World. My thanks to uh, Rick Silvestrini from jo- for joining us and also to Jacob Morley for joining us. If uh, you missed anything on the show, we'll podcast it afterwards. ESPNDesMoines.com. Got the Drake men today against Miami 5. 50, 545, 550 for the pregame. 625 tip from Albany. It'll be the 512 Bulldogs and Canes. And then tomorrow, 6 o'clock for the tip for the Drake women. I think that's right. Drake taking on Louisville. We'll have both games right here on your home for the Bulldogs. 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN. Um, This is usually one of my absolute most favorite days. But now, and I didn't, I didn't understand this. When you get older and you have kids, like I used to be really good at St. Patrick's Day. All right. Like I said, my wife would probably disagree with me, but I used to be really good at St. Patrick's Daying. I, would, I used to do mornings for a long time. I would get off the air, especially when it fell on a day of the NCAA tournament. If, you, if I could get off the air, get my work done that I have to do after the show and get to a bar stool by 11.15 for tip-off. That was a great day, all right? That first, I didn't love green beer, but fine. The first green beer is poured. It's tall, it's cold, whatever. That was a great day. And if you could, I never, ever made it, I rarely ever made it to the very last game, like that West Coast NCAA tournament game that's always like in San Jose or whatever, because that's 14 hours, all right? The idea of even attempting that Sounds like a terrible idea right now, all right? So much to the fact has St. Patrick's Day passed me by that I was driving to work this morning. Somebody on this radio station on ESPN was saying, you know, happy St. Patrick's Day. And I'm like, oh, I forgot. And if you're watching on the video right now on ESPN Des Moines' Facebook page, you will see I am in a black T-shirt and I just took off a red tracksuit jacket. Happy, happy St. Patrick's Day. Top of the morning to you. I hope you're safe today. If you're driving to the parade, the parade starts in an hour and a half here in downtown Des Moines. I hope you're being very safe. Uh, get an Uber. Um, take a lift. Get a ride. Don't drink and drive. Please, you don't want to do that. All right? You definitely do not. And, and I want to see them like tomorrow. I'm excited because today, after I get off the air, I'm going to go watch all the basketball, just like everybody else. But then tomorrow, I'll be back at Wells Fargo Arena. Now, I have not... So before I was, like, if you don't know, my regular job, I do Monday through Friday mornings on Laser 103.3, along with my partner, Heather. And then this is, you know, part of it. It's like a part-time thing. But before I was in this world of rock radio, um, I was at a news talk station in Kansas City. And before that was the last time I actually covered a sporting event. Like in an official capacity, credentialed, no drinking, credentialed, in the locker room, the last time I covered an event, a sporting event, was summer of 2015. It had been that long since I, because I was at covering a Brewers game, I'm sure, when I worked at a station up in Wisconsin. And so this was my first time. And I, I've been to Wells Fargo Arena 
a lot as a concert goer or I've been to the NCAA tournament there as a fan, but don't ask me which way things were looking because it probably fell on St. Patrick's Day. And by the third game, it's a kid. I don't know what's going on. So I walked into to, uh, Wells Fargo Arena. I have no idea where I'm going for the media. It's a different world. Like there's tunnels and there's ramps and there's a whole lot going on because you've got Turner in there. Turner TV is in there. They've got their whole section. You've got the media section. You've got the band section. You've got the spirit squad section. Of course, the teams are in the locker rooms. Like there's a lot going on. And I'm just kind of walking around like, I don't know. Do I have a seat on the court? Do I have a seat up high? Whatever the case may be. And so I just sort of make my way up to the fourth level. There's a media overflow. And that is usually, if you don't know, like you watch games, you see the sports nerds, the writers, the radio guys, the TV guys, we're all behind or next to the big-time play-by-play guys, the Jim Nances of the world, guys like Brian Anderson, uh, you know, Bob, uh, not Bob Harlan, but uh, Kevin Harlan, those guys that are courtside calling the game. And then there's like the radio call for the schools, and they come cycling in throughout the day for the four games at a site. So I wasn't sure because I know there are eight schools that were there yesterday and eight media conglomerates were there yesterday. So I go up and I'm I'm up in the media overflow, which usually is reserved for out-of-town TV people. All right? That's usually who's up there. They're pretty. They're well-dressed. The guys are usually five foot six. The women are gorgeous. They're TV people. You know, they're pretty faces. I could This could never be a TV person. All right, I'm too goofy looking, and I'll get to more of that in a moment. So, like, I think it was the end of the Kansas game because they beat Howard. The end of the Kansas game, I'm like, I'm going to go downstairs, check out the media, the dining area. And so I happen to look at a piece of paper on the wall. I'm in the wrong place. I am not supposed to be up high. Gosh darn it, Kira. ESPN Des Moines has a spot on, <gasps> on press row. Row number two. So I'm like, I got to go get that spot. So I bolt upstairs and I come back down. And as I get back down, the Kansas locker room's open. I go get some video, some picture. Follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Mike Wicket. I've got the reels up. I posted a bunch of stuff on the ESPN Des Moines Facebook page. Maybe you've never seen the NCAA tournament from, from that angle. <laughs> so I get to my seat and lo and behold, who walks up and says, Wicket, it's Brian Anderson. The national play-by-play guy, the guy who is seemingly in line to be the next Jim Nance. Seemingly that dude. I know Brian from his time. He is the voice, the television voice of the Milwaukee Brewers. That's the, where I used to work for a decade. Brian got the job when I was already there doing sports talk radio. And B.A. came over from the Golf Channel. That's where Brian's start was, the Golf Channel. And so he came over as the voice of the Brewers, got to know him, good dude, did a lot of stuff for the community. And then all of a sudden, a couple years in, Brian Anderson starts doing Major League Baseball playoff games. And then he starts doing NCAA games. And then he starts doing NBA games. And you're like, B.A.'s the man. All right. So Brian and I, uh, he was on a podcast of mine, still remain in some contact. I wouldn't call B.A. like a buddy of mine. Like, I'm so, I, I didn't, I wasn't like, hey, Brian, you want to go get a beer after the game tonight? Mostly because I have to go to bed because I wake up at four. But. We're, we're, I, we're work acquaintances, right? But he comes over. He's like, Wicket, you're in the best seat in the house. And I look over, and there's his seat, and there's Jimmy Jackson's seat, and there's a camera right in between Jimmy Jackson and B.A. All right? There's the little camera that's down here 
And then there's the big arm camera. All right. So like the little camera is there to catch those few times where a ball or a player flies into them and you see their reaction and they're like this. And then there's the regular camera guy and you can see they bring the lights over because they have to look pretty. Again, B.A., good looking guy. Jimmy Jackson, good looking guy, played college ball and so at Ohio State. And so they turn it on and they do their thing. And it's weird because you're sitting there. And you look like your eyes are drawn to the light. They have two lights and they have four TVs in front of them. And you look over and there you are. And you're just, you're on Brian Anderson's shoulder. All right. I'm wearing a powder blue sweater. I'm sitting on Brian Anderson's shoulder on the, in the, the monitor. And you just like, have you seen Talladega Nights? The end where Ricky Bobby's or the beginning Ricky Bobby's like, I don't, I don't know where to put my hands during a stand-up interview because it's weird. You don't know what to do. So I'm looking at, and I'm trying not to look at the camera and I'm trying not to look away and be like awkward. There's no good way to sit there while the national broadcasters are on TV at this, bo- at this point. natural. What's natural? You just sit there. <laughs> One thing you have to be very cognizant of is you can't touch your nose. You can't touch your eyes. You can't do anything weird. Pretend it's COVID. Right. Yeah. You just, you sit on your hands like you're at a strip club. So there's some we. all of a sudden my phone starts buzzing. Twitter starts going off. My friends in different parts of the country that are all watching college basketball, they're sending me the worst screenshots of (laughs) the worst version of me. Like, who is this? Let me show you one here, Kara. If you're a friend of mine on Facebook, you've seen this one. Um, so I do not have a look at this terrible photo. Look at that. That is over. <laughs> Here, I'll put it. I mean, you it's, look it's, like I look like I was a guest on To Catch a Predator. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> that's not where I was gonna. But go. That's what I feel like because I've got my. I feel like you looked like that in your high school yearbook. Uh, one of them probably. Probably Uh, like I have a two car garage happening here. Like I have two peaks going up. My my hair will never fall out, but I have this like devil's haircut going straight up my head like. And so when I style my hair, it looks horribly bad. It looks like I am literally balding. And these are the screenshots that people get of me and are sending me. And then the second game happens. And at one point, the only game on TV was the game from Des Moines. Because there's four going on, and it cycles through, or they're four on at one time, three on at one time, the other one's not started yet, and it was just Des Moines, and they do a cutaway to those two. And it was, I mean, the phone was going off. And I'm like, God bless. I am an ugly human being. I am terrible. Oh, Wicked. I know. I know. Follow Twitter, at Mike Wicked, if you want to see this ridiculousness of, you know, me just... There I am sitting on Brian Anderson's shoulder. But I'll close with this. And if you missed it earlier, um, I was talking to Brian, and he sent me a text because I wanted him to come on the show today to talk about uh, downtown Des Moines and to talk about his time here and and what it was like. But he's on voice rest. He called four games yesterday. He's going to have two more games tomorrow. He's at Kansas's practice right now. And he, I said, I got to give the voice a rest. And I was like, I, I totally understand that. But here's what he said about Des Moines. Des Moines is a great host. I was so impressed at the crowds all day. Not many sites better than that that I've experienced. People are so great, too. Thank goodness for the Skywalk system. I'll just tell you what. When I have been to NCAA tournament games, especially early games, I've walked in and seen mostly empty upper seats, upper levels. 
when I walked into the gym, now, granted, the Wells Fargo crowd was aided by Kansas being three hours from here and Illinois being three hours to the east, and the fan, those fans made up a pretty good chunk of it. But I, I, I think it had to be close to a sellout yesterday. There were fans from top to bottom everywhere in that arena. And then I thought, okay, for session one, that's fine. Illinois and Kansas is going to close a clear out. For session two, Des Moines residents, Iowans, along with two Texas crowds, Colgate and uh, what were what, the Penn State, filled that gym again. Like this city loves it when the NCAA tournament comes here and did such a good job filling it with fans. And I don't know a lot of the fan bases travel, but there were a lot of Iowa fans. And I know there were a lot of Iowans because they were booing Tyrese Hunter, who used to play at Iowa State and now plays for Texas. Every time he touched the ball, <laughs> they were letting that kid have it. Awesome day yesterday. Be back there tomorrow. First game's at 4.15, Kansas and Arkansas, which, by the way, should be an awesome, awesome game. Why are we so upset about Alan Lazard and the words he spoke today? I'll explain what I'm talking about next. Wicket needs a timeout. He'll be back soon. You're listening to 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. By the way, I forgot to mention this. We had three celebrities in the house. Did you know this? Brett Eldridge, is that Eldridge? Eldridge? It's a country singer. Was in the house. Hey, what's up, Brett? Apologize for getting your name wrong. I know nothing about country music. Uh, Also, Bobby Bones, who is a nationally syndicated radio host, big Arkansas fan, and you may have seen him on uh, Dancing with the Stars, was in the house yesterday at Wells Fargo Arena for the NCAA tournament. And the loudest sound, and I don't care what your politics are, I just think this was incredibly rude, but that's just me. The loudest sound all day at Wells Fargo Arena was booing when Vice President Kamala uh, Kamala Harris was in a suite. She went to Howard. Howard got crushed by Kansas, but she was there along with the second gentleman. She had an event the day before. Ironic, the two things would coincide, right? I don't care your politics. I thought it was so rude to boo that woman. I don't care. I wouldn't have. I, I would have said the same thing if Mike Pence was there or. If uh, Biden, when he was VP or whoever, I, I, but it is a dead red state. And I know the times we live in, nobody can say, can be respectful. I understand that. And you had Kansas red state and you had two Texas schools, red state. I like there were, there were a lot of factors going against the VP yesterday, but I thought it was rude, but you're free to do what you want. That's why uh, this country is free. So the big news story, if you did not know, Aaron Rodgers wants to play for the jets. He said, so. And I think Brian Gudekins played a little chess. I think the Packers GM, I think there was a belief that Aaron Rodgers wanted to retire. And then he goes on the McAfee show and says, going in, I was 90% retired. I believe Brian Gudekins thought, huh, if he wants to retire as the general manager of the Green Bay Packers, that's not great for business. Now, that might be good financially, but that's not great for business. We need to stir up some controversy. So if you remember two weeks ago when when Gudikins, I'm sorry, when Rogers went into his darkness retreat, which by the way, he's allowed to do whatever he wants. I don't care. I think it's kind of weird and kind of cool at the same time. Brian Gudikins and the leak machine started getting things out like they wanted love gone forever. They really want to move on. So Rogers comes out of the darkness 
hasn't had a phone for four days or whatever, goes to the cafe, turns his phone on. And remember, he was 90% done with playing football, he says. Turns on his phone, reads some text messages, and all of a sudden something has changed. Oh, man, what's changed? Because the Packers know they were if they're going to get anything to build the future of the franchise on, they can't have Rodgers retire. They have to want him to play. All right? And he goes on McAfee, and I want to play for the Jets, and all that kind of stuff, which is music to the Packers' ears because now there's so much pressure on the Jets, especially after Derek Carr signed with the Saints and Jimmy Garoppolo, likely to the Raiders, and Lamar is not even an option because he wants a quarter billion guaranteed. It's got to be the Jets, right? So now there's all this pressure on the Jets. So that's chess to me. So Alan Lazard is on the Jets now. He signed with them today, former Iowa State star. And there's rumors that Rodgers wants OBJ, and he wants Randall Cobb, and he wants Mercedes Lewis, and all these other guys, whatever. So Alan Lazard is on with the New York media today after signing his $11 million a year contract, four years, $44 million basically, most of that's guaranteed. And he was asked a lot of things. And I don't quite understand why we're making a big deal out of one of these comments. But first, I want you to hear what he had to say about, you know, becoming part of Aaron Rodgers' quote, inner circle. During my time with um, Aaron in Green Bay, you know, he really put his arm around me. And he's a he's a big reason why I'm here today. I can't deny that. You know, he, he stood up on a table for me during training camp when I probably didn't deserve to make the roster. Um, at least in the front office's eyes. And he called for me to be in the game. Um, he's relied on me in, in a lot of heavy pressure situations and has always believed in me. And so as a wide receiver, you, the best relationship you can have is with the quarterback. Yeah, there, there's no doubt. The Rodgers has his guys. And if you're a Packers fan, you know guys like Jake Kumaro, who are you know wide receiver four, wide receiver five, or, or practice players. They're his guys. And Lazard is one of his guys. Um, you know, he was also asked, Lazard, by the New York media about what it was like playing with Aaron Rodgers. Fun, <laughs> easy. He's the best teacher I've ever had in my life. And that, and that goes from school to football. He just makes learning fun. And that's the biggest thing I feel like when it comes to, especially NFL, offense, defense and stuff, because they're so intricate, so complicated. There's so many rules, so many things that you have to be able to improv in real life time that... You need to be able to be fluent in that language. I think he does a great job of teaching that. It makes it really easy. And he allows you to go out there and just play fast and not think. And because of that is the reason why I've had a lot of success these past few years. Now, the off seasons with Aaron, of course, he's in Hawaii. He's in Peru. He's doing the punching, whatever cleanse that none of, none of us would ever want to do for seven days. What was off season like for Alan Lazard with Aaron Rodgers? Aaron when it comes to the off-season um, communication, doing us a little bit, um, respectively. But yeah, there was a, we were able to, you know, he works out at the same place I do in Los Angeles. So we were able to kind of cross paths and just connect a little bit and share our insight on, on what we were thinking and everything. But there was no implications of trying to do this in a sense. You know, like like I had previously said, you know, we were both trying to do what's right for the both of us. Um, and obviously him and his situation is a little bit different with his career and everything and where I want to take my career, the next step and stuff. So obviously standing here today, it feels, feels good knowing that 12 is going to be my quarterback again. Hmm. Which is interesting that we're saying that. And that just adds more pressure onto the New York jets. When he says 12's going to be my quarterback again, 
You need Aaron Rodgers in early. The amount of pressure that is now on the Jets to get Rodgers in ASAP, say by OTAs, mini camps. This is not a situation where Rodgers can wait until August and learn the offense with these guys. Now, he knows Hackett's offense, there's no doubt. But this is one of those where it's just like, does anybody find it odd we're talking about Aaron Rodgers as the Jets quarterback when he's still the Green Bay Packers quarterback? It's just so strange to me. And I'm sorry to see Lazard go. I'm a Packers fan. I really wanted him to be, you know, part of the Packers going forward. I really liked his his what he brought to the table. I got into debates on the internet with people for like three days about what his value is. He's a, He caught 60 passes for 600 yards or something like that in six touchdowns last year. He's a wide receiver three. Like, he's never going to be confused with being Justin Jefferson. But you can find another guy who can be that good. His value is in being a blocker. You can find guys who are good blockers. Now, he's an elite run blocker for the wide receiver spot. So he was asked about the communication he had with Green Bay before he signed with New York. They were in talks with my agent, um, but they didn't seem like they were going to miss me too much or anything. So um, I enjoyed my time there. And, you know, going into this last season, knowing that I wasn't getting an extension um, beforehand, and then it seemed like they wanted to retain me as well. I kind of had a, a strong inclination that it was going to be my last season there. And that's fine. Like, why are we making such a big deal? It's like when we see a quote on Twitter or on Facebook. They weren't going to miss me too much. No, they weren't. You're a guy. You're a, you're a commodity. Football players, basketball players, it's a business both ways. I want to be there. I don't want to be there. Uh, we want to sign you. I don't want to sign with you. I mean, Rodgers doesn't want to play for the pa- – doesn't want to play, doesn't want to play, now wants to play for the Jets. Like, I don't understand why all of a sudden people are shocked. They didn't seem like they were going to miss me too much. No, they weren't going to miss you too much. They already made that decision. That's why they didn't give you uh, a contract extension. Like, it's called player empowerment, but also organizations still have some empowerment. I mean, they've got their two young wide receivers that they're going to build on in Romeo Dubs and Christian Watson. You're not part of that plan. That's This is a... It feels like we're ripping a Band-Aid off. The old regime, kind of the hard way, but it is what it is. And the Packers are going in a different direction. They may acquire a wide receiver via free agency, maybe part of the trade with the Jets. Uh, maybe it, they draft a wide receiver sometime coming up next month. But anybody who's going to get upset about this, too, I just read this from my guy Aaron Nagler from CheeseheadTV.com. You know, everybody seems to say, you know, get worried about the way things are done and the negative exits for the Green Bay Packers. Yet they all come back and sign one-day contracts with Green Bay. Like James Jones, Greg Jennings, all these guys that leave, they're still Packers. Like, ask Jordy Nelson. He's got no ill will towards the Packers. It just, you know, you run your course. The Packers would rather get rid of you a year early than a year late. And that makes really good business sense. Happy St. Patrick's Day, Kara. You going out to drink some green beer today? Uh, I can do that at home. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. All right, well, hey, I'm going to be down at Coles Commons freezing my uh, my rear end off if you want to say hi. Five to seven, I'll be out there today. Craft Beer Tent is heated. Drake will be on the TV. If you can't get to a TV, listen to Drake right here on ESPN Des Moines. Tip-off at 625. Thanks to Rick Silvestrini. Thanks to Jacob Morley. Thanks to Kira for keeping us on the air. And thanks to you for listening. Be safe. Get a ride. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day.